changing it up this week, I see. Hello, and welcome back to Down to a Fine Art. It's very exciting this week. I think we've said this every week for the past few weeks. It's very exciting this week. It's a very exciting week. Um, because this week is our two-year anniversary. Woo! You'll be pleased to hear we are not drunk. <laughs> We're not having a repeat of last time. We are now working adults, and it is a Monday evening, so we will not be drinking. <laughs> But instead, we've put ourselves through a different kind of pain. (laughs) And our plan for this week's episode is, essentially, we've revisited episode one, the first ever episode we recorded, and we gave it a skim listen because we couldn't bring ourselves to give it a full listen. And by we, you're being generous when you say we. (laughs) It was solely Anna because I physically couldn't do it. (laughs) I think, to be fair, it's more painful to listen to it with when you know that somebody else can hear it at the same time. Whereas like when it's just you listening, you're like, you can almost pretend that nobody else has heard it, even though what upsets me is I know from the stats that the most people have listened to episode one, which makes sense, because I guess if you're going to try a podcast... Yeah, yeah, that's true. You'll listen to episode one. So like episode one has by far the most listens, and it's by far, I would say, maybe the worst episode. <laughs> well, not the worst, but like... We sound... We're starting out. Yeah, we sound noticeably quite nervous at the beginning, which is understandable. Yeah. So yeah, that was an interesting lesson. Um, it, like, in many ways, interesting in the painful sense, but also interesting genuinely, like, yes, I have I have harvested information from it and I'm quite excited to present it to Izzy just because I think it's quite the time capsule in a way. Interesting. So I think from what I can tell from my brief listen of episode one, we sort of covered two main things. And I'm just going to... A, recap what we said, and then B, kind of, like, compare them to how we'd answer those things now. Ooh, okay. Was this yeah. the plan? I think okay, so, good. yeah. I don't know if I just sprung that on you. <laughs> it's the plan now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're doing now. Yeah, so, shall I begin? That sounded terrifying, but yes. I was trying to give five of cosy children's storyteller. Shall oh. I begin? <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that did not land. <laughs> Sorry. I like that I immediately went, that was creepy, didn't like that, and you were like... Trying to give cosy vibes. <laughs> I do see your point. I was not giving cosy vibes. Let us begin. Shall we begin? <laughs> so, the first thing we did, well, we we briefly gave an introduction to the podcast, which I skipped through. So who knows if we're on target Fair for what we set out. But um, the first main thing we spoke about was we just described our practices. And something that I found interesting was when we were doing this, we said that we were exactly halfway through our degree. So we were like, oh. we just started the second yes. half of second year which kind of like mathematically makes sense but also thinking of that i'm like dear god that was so long ago oh my oh, god it was two years ago oh my god <laughs> oh this is an existential crisis waiting to happen we will be drinking by the end of the episode <laughs> oh my god wild so yeah wow. in the episode i went first and my overview of my practice unsurprisingly began with rocks that does not surprise I me described, at all. I described quite an extensive rock collection and I was talking about what I like about rocks. I was saying that it's like that idea of deep time and you can kind of hold it in your hand and like thinking about that personal human connection to rock. And I was saying at the time that I was trying to branch out into more like sort of human materials. So I just started going to beaches and oh. gathering like sort of bricks and like other things that were a bit more like crossing the threshold. Oh, that really is like the beginning of your current practice. I know. I know. So cute. And so, and then I was talking about my fake rocks that I was making. With the, like a like, fake I, rock. Yeah, I was like casting a rock, painting it to be an exact replica. And then 
Yeah, and I was saying, like, the reason I was making those fake rocks is because you look at these two things and you're like, oh, they're the same, but they shouldn't be the same. And then you start to think about, like, how they've been made and, like, that kind of thing. And then also right at the end I said, I've also been drawing a lot just because... And I've written down here, I've been drawing things because we were hashtag mid-COVID. So at this point, (laughs) it's worth noting, yeah, when we recorded this, we were... Mid-COVID. I don't know if we were in lockdown, but it was definitely, yeah, deep. It was close to one of the lockdowns, deep I COVID. Think. Oh, yeah, because we'd just come out of Christmas. Yeah. And that was a big... That was a interesting time. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my practice. Shall I describe yours? Yeah. Or... Yeah, yeah, okay. I was going to... It's now, it's a, it's a really formulaic thing of, like, trying to work out how we then say as. Like, do you say, like, our current Ooh. practice? Like, do you want to... Maybe I should describe my practice now and see how it differs before I'm influenced. Ooh! Oh, okay. I like it. Yes, yeah. Do it. Oh, I was not prepared to do this, but okay. <laughs> so I think currently I'd describe maybe myself as an artist, mm-hmm. as um, a painter. Mm-hmm. I know there's not a very good word for this, but a person who draws, because obviously I'm not, a, it's called like a draftsman, isn't it? Someone oh. who, that is their media, but I'm, I'm not a draftsman because I don't do technical drawing, therefore mm. I, I'm a drawer. I think I say that's. And actually, I've realised that if you write down drawer, that means draw, as in like a... Sh- yes. A, I see. I am a stack of shelves. <laughs> I quite um, like that as an identity. I'm a drawer. I'm a drawer. I hold other people's <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, so I'd say that I'm a painter, a drawer, um, and I I think I've kind of started clu- including like collector in that. Ooh. And I think, obviously, this has been quite good because we've just done the exhibition, so like I've been thinking about how I describe myself mm, to people. Mm-hmm. So I think I'd say that in my practice, I'm very interested in natural history. Love a good bit of nature and natural things, materials, objects. Mm-hmm. And I've still got that thing of like connections going on. It's a um, little finger wave. finger waggle. Um, <laughs> finger waggle. Waggle is such a good word. It is. It should be used more. Wow. I'm glad Anyways, can I have this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Got some funnel connections, another finger waggle. Um, <laughs> more waggles. And actually, I guess more specifically, my painting side of things seems to very much just be gouache paintings now on mm. paper. Like I've got, even down to like the paper I use, I only use one type of paper. Mm-hmm. So I think that's become more specific. And yeah, I don't remember doing that much drawing. So maybe drawing has become a bit more mm. of a prominent thing. But this is very interesting. I'm, yeah, I'm intrigued. I'd like to see. So what you, I think when we were speaking about our practice in the first episode, we told, both of us told it quite like a story of like, it. we didn't go in with the headlines of like, Ooh. I do this, I do that. Like we both did like, so I came to Falmouth in first year and I started doing this. Okay. And so you were saying that you, in first year, you were looking at kind of like death and then kind of like slowly moved on to like natural forms and that kind of thing. I don't think you were speaking as much about the medium at the time. You were just sort mm-hmm. of saying like the concepts. And then you you spoke about like the health journey. Ah, yes. That you went on. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, and how you were struggling to kind of understandably keep up with uni and simultaneously deal with all the medical stuff. And so then you, you, the way you presented it, you were like, so I decided to make my practice about my health kind of thing so then two birds one stone i like exactly. it i was a smart one so then yeah so at that point you were saying that like yeah you just kind of like started looking at health within your art practice oh. um and you talked a little bit about painting on wood and like that thinking about material materiality in that way and obviously mm. how that then led to the podcast but like 
yeah, the overview they gave of your practice was more kind of, I guess, on the conceptual side of things. Yeah. So that's yeah. interesting because I think I'd say that, like, if I had to describe my work now, like, I think in like a normal artist statement, it's not something I'd mention, but maybe if I went into more, like, if I had more space sort mm. of thing, then I think I would still mention the health thing, but it's probably mm. not like, it's not really the focal point of my practice, but also. I don't think I'd have the practice I do now if I didn't, if that, like that isn't where it came yeah. from. So like I kind of view it as that, yeah, it's maybe it's not like the biggest thing, but actually it's it's still quite fundamental to how yeah. I kind of navigate my practice and how I look at things. Because, you know, this whole thing with the natural connections that came from my whole medical thing and mm. trying to figure out what was going on with all the weird little symptoms my body was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, all the things it was throwing out at you. Exactly. Being like, solve this. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Because that, that does feel like the beginning of the practice I have at the moment. Yeah, I think it is interesting, kind of like, both how we spoke about our practices in the first place, where we were sort of almost telling a story. Mm. And then also, like like you just said, I guess the story has continued. And so, like, when you talk about your practice, like, how much of the backstory you give. Because I know when I was, like... I think maybe when I had a studio visit or something and somebody asked me about my work recently and was like, like, what are these things you've made? And, like, I instantly went to try and, like, backtrack and be like, where has this come from? Like, Mm. and I, you know, to be like, oh, so it started here and, like, tell the story. And they were like, no, no, like, what? Like, kind of forget about the backstory. Like, what are they doing? And I think that's something that's really difficult to untangle like when you're obviously you're in your own brain you've yeah. lived you've lived the journey that these things have taken or like your practice has taken to get to where it is and it's just yeah it's sometimes really hard to pin down what it is now and separate it from what it where it's come from and I don't know that you need to separate it yeah. like it's kind of one and the same like I get that like you said if you have less space and you're writing a 50 word statement you can't be like here's everything that's happened in the past yeah. you have to be like here's where I'm at now but then yeah like where it came from is important and I think you said at the time you were like oh I feel a bit all over the place but like this kind of this whole sort of health idea within my work feels like a new sort of Mm. a starting point and you were like oh even if it does like lead on to other places I can feel that it's gonna be like sort of important and like will inform it sort of thing so I thought that was nice (laughs) that's sweet um oh gosh sorry this is really that's throwing the microphone places this is very chaotic uh it looks nice to see that two years down the line our professionalism (laughs) has not improved Um, maybe on our three-year anniversary we'll get microphones (laughs) yeah yeah that's very cute it's very cute I thought just to go back to mine be really yeah self-focused for a minute (laughs) I thought it was interesting when I was talking about like well, like you said, when I spoke about picking up the man-made materials, you're like, it's the start of what you're doing now. Because I can see, yes, I, I see that when I heard that as well. And I think I mentioned it in the last episode with Lucy very briefly, that like the ceramics I'm making now, where I'm like sort of gathering things and like firing things and making squishy things. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> a real professional description of my making work. Making them squishy things. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel like is a very clear... There's a very clear link back to my fake rocks. It's like, what I was doing with the fake rocks was I was like, here is a natural geological object and I'm going to make a man-made object that is the same and then it's going to make you think about processes and you Mm. can't tell what's what. And like, actually, I don't know if it's good or if it just shows that my practice has not developed whatsoever. (laughs) But like, when I was, you know, the ceramics that I've got out now, the whole idea is people are like stood around this collection and you can't tell what's made by 
man and what is made by non-man <laughs> or human and non-human. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's like, it is, I didn't, and that didn't occur to me until quite recently mm. that I am doing the exact same thing, but just in a sort of maybe more sophisticated way, maybe. Yeah, also... I think it's like a more developed way, like it feels more like you found your little niche and you're yeah. kind of going into your niche, whereas I think... Yeah, maybe looking back, what you were doing then was more kind of like, so I've got this thing that I know I want to do and I want to look at. I just don't quite know how to achieve it, so I'm going to start trying things. Yeah. Whereas now it's almost like you've done the trying and you're like, oh, yeah, actually, like, I like it when I do this. Yeah. Yeah, it's like that thing. of you more refined. You've almost got to start quite literally sometimes. Yeah. And then, and I think this might come up a little bit later, but, like, yeah, you've just got to, like, do something and see how you feel about it and then develop from there. So, yeah, I'd say that is... That was interesting to note. Yeah. How sweet. It is quite cute, isn't it? I think. (laughs) I I think. It's because I looked back at the notes and I just saw the word death and I was like, is it cute? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Nice. Okay. Do you want to move on to the next bit? So the second half of our episode, we spoke about our artistic insecurities slash dislikes. And I spent a lot of time trying to work out if there was a difference between a dislike and an and an insecurity. And I just—I decided that there was. Oh, was okay. an arbitrary decision. But there we go. So that, that was what a little was theme. The, was there... I don't think I ever said what Did it was. Did you just kind of say, there is a difference? No, I will not explain <laughs> further. I will not elaborate. I will not be accepting further questions. Um, I think everything I said, I then had to specify if it was a dislike or an insecurity. <laughs> because I do think there's a difference. Not to... <laughs> not... It's going to be flashback to episode one. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I guess... A dislike is something I don't know how to define it other than saying something you don't like. Fair enough. Whereas an insecurity is something you're insecure about. Oh no. I think you've just really poorly defined two words for me. (laughs) Um, I think this is probably why I didn't explain it in episode one. For good reason. So our dislikes and insecurities. I said, firstly, that I didn't like... Slash with insecure about, I don't know the difference. My tendency to overthink things. Okay. Which I think is interesting. I also think <laughs> that's interesting. What are your thoughts on it? I think, like, I'm not saying that you don't overthink, because I think that's that's inherently quite a human characteristic, and also, mm-hmm. like, I, I just, I wouldn't necessarily, it's like, something I'd really associate with you, though. Mm. Like, I don't, I don't want to steal your thunder, but if anything, I feel like of the two of us. We've spoken about this quite extensively and my inability to shut up my brain. <laughs> yes. So that's interesting. Yeah, that's exactly what, what I thought. Oh, is it? Yeah. I thought like, yeah, I was like, surprising. I don't think that's definitely not the first thing I would say. Yeah. I don't know if it's even something I would say anymore. Character development. I know. <laughs> you love to see it. Which is curious to me because... I guess I said as as an elaboration of that, I said, mm-hmm. like, I want to get better at, like, having an idea and just doing it. Like I said that I'll sometimes have ideas, put it in my phone notes, and then they'll just die in uh, my phone okay, notes. okay, yeah. And I don't think I'm better at that. But I, to be fair, I could attribute that slightly to the fact that we now have jobs. And so, yeah. like, actually a lot of the time, we just don't have the time to immediately do something when yeah. you have an idea. And I wonder if that almost, like, takes the pressure off a little bit. Having a job means that, like... Or as in, you know, having a lot of time that you're forced to spend on non-art yeah. or, like, not your practice means that maybe when you actually do get some time, it's a bit more intentional. Yeah. Whereas I think maybe when you're doing, like, a degree or, like, yeah, just doing art full-time, I think that can be 
really difficult to wake up every day and be like, we're going to make great art or like, you know. It's, yeah, definitely. Which I don't think I'd really realised until I said that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're like, I knew that. I've known it for all of I think all these I years. kind of figured it out like when, when we first graduated or like when I first got the studio, I was unemployed. Mm. So obviously I literally had, I didn't even have uni anymore. So like I literally had like 24 hours a day, seven days a week mm. to just do my, do whatever I wanted, like do whatever art I wanted. And I just never went to the, sh- like, I just couldn't make myself do anything. Mm. And it was when I then got a job that I actually started going to the studio. And I think it was, it was just slightly overwhelming having that feeling of like, oh God, I could do literally anything. Yeah. Whereas when you have time away from your practice, like you said, the time you have left to focus on your practice is more intentional and therefore I think you utilise it a bit better. Mm-hmm. And like, also it's just slightly less pressure because you're like, oh, you know, I've only got like three hours left today so like I'll just see how it goes. Whereas when it's like, oh yes, I've just got eternity. <laughs> That's quite a lot of pressure to go like, I'll just see how it goes. Like yeah. three hours you can manage if it goes badly. Eternity, <laughs> not as much. Yeah, I guess it's that thing of, um, uh, I'm sure there's a phrase for this, but you know how like, you're faced with a blank page it's a bit overwhelming but whereas like or like you know there's writing exercises and there's like draw with your left hand you know there's all kinds of like restrictions that you place on yourself to then make you be creative like for example easier to push against i have a really good example of this Mm -hmm. um opening up a notebook and not starting at the front (laughs) i would how is that a restriction but it's genuinely a thing like, you know, that feeling of like, oh, you've just opened up a blank page on, like in a sketchbook, brand new sketchbook, you open up the first page, it's blank and it's really overwhelming. It's genuinely a technique is that you turn somewhere else in the book because then it's not front page and it's not as much pressure. And okay, you can so just put it out. Firstly, we should maybe offer some context yeah, for the listener. So for the listener, I really recently... hear the accusation <laughs> in your voice. <laughs> I recently made the unpleasant discovery that Izzy is the kind of person who is just going to write something in her notebook will just open to a random page <laughs> and write it on that random page and will not do things chronologically and will just... Do you just keep opening the notebook until one day you realise there's no pages left? Yeah, it's really annoying. I'm getting to that in, like, three notebooks currently and I'm like... You've got three going at once? I'm sorry, you just have one notebook? <laughs> yes! Well, I've got two. Uh, sorry, okay. Before before I get accusatory, is there a difference? Like, are the three for different things? No. <laughs> I just have one that I prefer over the other, so I've been using that one more, but now that's becoming more full, so I'll probably go back to one of the quieter ones. Well, it's been a good two years. Maybe we can just tie this up with a nice little bow and leave it at two years. <laughs> End of friendship. Goodbye. Oh, my God. Okay, well, well my heart rate just decreases. <laughs> Let me talk you through how I use a notebook. A, like a sane person. Okay. So I have one notebook that basically... Basically, my two notebooks, I have one for, like, everyday life and one for art. Okay, that's fair. I can Um, see that. So my art one is kind of a sketchbook, but I'd call it more of a journal or notebook because it's mainly writing. And then occasionally, if I need to quickly do a sketch, and probably it's not going to be an arty sketch, it'll just be, like, when we're doing the exhibition, I was like, need a quick diagram of how this alcove is being laid out. Okay, I see. So I did that. It's pretty, like, rough and ready. Nice. (laughs) Kind of weird phrase. But in, like, in terms of, I'm not precious about it. Like, I'll rip pages out and I'll, like, things about and it's just i don't really know why it's there i don't because i don't know that i ever go back to it that often i'm like Mm. i put all my thoughts in it Mm -hmm. and then they they stay there okay anywho so that's my art notebook and then i've got my like everyday notebook which is mainly to-do lists but occasionally 
occasionally there are things that happen like for example take collective mm-hmm. i don't know where to put my notes in because i'm like it's kind of art but i don't really want it in my journal but also it feels like it's gonna get lost if i put it in my to-do list yeah one. but it normally goes in my to-do list one okay and i just go through that from start to finish do you and then i finish my notebook and i go okay and i buy a new one ah that's nice it's wrong but it's nice <laughs> and now what i would say is that i understand with like a sketchbook if you're like wanting every page to be sort of nice or like you're doing like art mm-hmm. in the sketchbook then i get the whole blank page that's just open to a yeah random page thing but when it's a notebook do you feel pressure when you write in your notebook that it has to be nice mm, not really so then do you need to take the pressure off by opening to a random page no it's nothing to do with pressure it's just what i do <laughs> just how i use a notebook (sighs) cool it's just like sometimes things are separate you know like i want i want space between them it's so weird to me because you're such an organized person why like when you do a like a google doc it's so organized everything's like color coordinated and like it makes sense and it's logical so why why are your notebooks the way that they are surely it must upset you on some deep level no, it. I think it honestly upsets me more having it in order. But why? I wonder... Okay, this is very much a working theory, but it's just popped into my head slightly. Okay. Because of my multiple notebooks... I was slightly lying when I said there was three. I think it's about five. <laughs> I hate this. Just of my many notebooks, there's one notebook that I did originally buy like for uni. Uh-huh. So I think this was maybe in like second year or something, or third year. And it's not like a ring-bound one, so it, you can't really tear pages out. It's just like a nice nice little notebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one that I would use page after page. Like, I'd use it in order. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, if anything, I think that stresses me out more. And I don't know if it's because, like, the things I'm thinking or writing down... Like, when you go through a notebook, it's chronological. Whereas the things I'm thinking, like aren't chronological like I don't need them to be in an order I just need them to be somewhere I can access and I think maybe like I don't know like I'll start writing notes in a notebook on like like when we had our little tutorial I obviously like wrote in the notebook and I think because like I did I just opened it and I just did it there it means that like if I want to like attach things to it I can almost like work around it like I maybe I view it as like a little bit more like 3d rather than 2d like it gives Mm. me space to like tag onto it or like reorder things or like write it up neater or like explain something and it will still be like in its little bubble whereas if I were to follow a notebook like page after page it then just like forces it to be like two-dimensional and chronological and like my thoughts aren't my thoughts are quite chaotic and if anything more than (laughs) four-dimensional so like I kind of I kind of like that I can just open up a space and it like creates a little bubble on that thing I'm writing about. And then I close it and the bubble shuts and then I just open it to like a brand new section. It's like a new bubble. This is very interesting to me. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if I mean, that really makes sense to me, but... I mean, what I think I have to bear in mind is this is none of my business and you can perfectly well use your <laughs> notebooks as you like. So I don't need to get off my high horse. Um, I mean, I guess I can see that. I think what alarms me... <laughs> about the i feel like i'm sounding like a concerned parent i was just about to say the same thing what what i'm just concerned about my love (laughs) so you've just told me you want a lip piercing i just there's just some things i need to talk to you about (laughs) before you go ahead and do that 
<laughs> is um well what if you want to find something after you've written it just gotta do some looking is that not annoying sometimes <laughs> do you date things at all no of course you don't absolutely not don't even need to waste my breath i also do to be fair this annoys me as well i do this really annoying thing where i can actually feel the hatred you're gonna have for me so on a page <laughs> you know i said that i don't write in order in a notebook mm. i don't really do that on a page either i kind of just like write and then i'll like write in the spaces and then i'll just draw like little bubbles around some things and circle some things and then i'll write like over other things and then i'll draw some arrows and then I'll like write in the margins and then I come back to it and I'm like, nothing makes sense and I can't understand myself. But at the time, I was thriving. So that's this all that really just, matters. It's just so interesting. <laughs> the only other thing I would say is if you want your little things in bubbles and then you want to be able to add to things, I feel like you can still add to things. If you use a notebook normally from start to finish, mm-hmm. you've still got room. You'll always have room one side to add to things. I was like, if you're doing it chaotically, they will get to a point where you've opened a page and then you've written something and then unbeknownst to you, there's something on the following page. Yeah, I did that like the other week. I tore a page out and I was like, ah, damn it. Got writing on the back of that that I need. Well, there we go. It's all part of the fun. But it's fine. You do you. Thank you. I've forgotten where we came from with this. (laughs) So did I, to be honest. I think it was about having creative restrictions. Potentially. Um, Which came from my own tendency to overthink back yes. in the day yes which as we've established i don't think i do as much anymore how do you feel about that well see i think i have this theme in my life that i i don't know how to phrase this like i don't know how how well can you remember what you were like <laughs> two years ago do you know what i mean honestly not at all okay cool yeah because um, this is the thing i've been thinking recently i'm like i just don't know like a whole pandemic happened I can't really remember how I felt about it. I mean, I can't imagine it was great, but, like... I think I have, like, key where I can, like, almost go back to a particular moment and I'm like, yes, I really remember this one moment, but, like, Mm. not a general wider picture. Yeah. So I don't know what I... What it felt like to be in my brain when we were recording this. So I therefore can't compare it. Yeah. But I guess, from what I said, (laughs) it sounds... Yeah, I can understand. I think at the time, and this is something else I said, I think I then said my next thing was like, I wanted to be less like meticulous mm-hmm. because I felt like, you know, I was spending a lot of my time like maybe drawing or doing like those fake rocks, which were like very like yeah, intense very and concentrated. Intense. And I can, I feel like that lends itself to that like overthinking because when what you're doing takes so much time mm-hmm. and like it has been planned, that kind of like, they go hand in hand, I suppose. Um, and so, yeah, I said, like, oh, I don't want to get rid of that side, but I'd like to balance it out with a more, like, spontaneous, expressive side of my <gasps> practice, which I think is interesting, because I think I have done that. You have! I've done it! Oh! I've made congratulations! <laughs> um, and I don't know necessarily... I think what I like with having drawings and ceramics is, like, I don't actually think... So on the face of it, you'd be like, oh, yeah, maybe ceramics are, is more quick, because it's just, like, as I keep saying, you just squish some things together. Or I do, you know. (laughs) Not everyone. Not everyone does that, but I do. Um, But then actually, if you think about it differently, like ceramics takes so much time because, you know, there's a whole process of like going out, finding the things, like weighing out like the different amounts that you're going to use and then like drying it, firing it, Mm. maybe glazing it, firing it again. Whereas drawing, you do it and it's there. So like they both scratch the itches in different ways where like drawing is quick in one sense because you do it and it's done. But also it's slow in that you can 
be very meticulous about it. Mm. So, yes, I think that's interesting. And I am, I think oh. that kind of answers the first one. Like, maybe I don't overthink as much because I do have, like, different ways in which I can action things. I also just don't think I have as many thoughts these days. <laughs> it's probably why I'm not overthinking. Which, again, I think comes down to... Because I don't spend all my time thinking about art or, like, thinking about my art. Yeah. I don't think I can overthink in the same way. Yeah. Maybe. But, yeah, anyway. Oh, That's what I said. I think... Oh, yeah, sorry. We will get on to yours. But I had. Mm-hmm. I said two more. I said I didn't feel like I knew enough, like, sort of critical... Yes, I think I knowledge. This. And I think, yeah, because it was a crucial point... That is the semester, the one we were just going into, where you start gaining that and yeah. start like gearing up for the dissertation. So like, I still feel like I, that is an insecurity to an extent, but like, I definitely have again like scratched the itch a little bit because mm-hmm. like I built up a bank of things that I read or like knew about. I haven't really read them all, and now that they're always like go to. So even though I actually haven't really read anything new in the past like year, I can still sound educated yes. if I want to and be like, "Have you read this book?" Even though. I haven't read it recently. I like that, yeah. That's quite an interesting one as well. Yeah. I think a lot of these, like when, because obviously in the episode, I went first and then you went, and I think a lot of them you were like, I agree with those ones. Yeah. So you may worth out the time. I probably did, to be fair. I don't know. And then my last one was lack of exhibition experience. Ooh. And like, yeah, not being, like I didn't feel, feel like I'd had my work out in the world and like <laughs> I didn't know how people reacted to it, um, which I think is interesting in terms of like, I now have a bit more exhibition experience. Mm -hmm. But I still don't know that I would... Like, when you put your work in an exhibition, you don't immediately get to gauge people's reaction in the way that you've made me think. Like, people always go like, oh, well done. It looks great. Yeah. Like, it's quite rare that people actually come up to you and engage in a deep, serious, critical discussion about it. Um, So I guess that's still maybe... I don't think it's lacking, but I don't think it's come from having exhibitions. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, those are mine. That's quite like, um, so I don't want to put words in your mouth. Obviously, do tell me if you feel differently. But like, I imagine that must be quite, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, I almost feel like vicariously like proud. But like, you know, it's only been two years. Actually, in the grand scheme of things, two years is really not long. Yeah, despite the existential crisis we had earlier. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But like in those two years, something like you didn't even necessarily like intentionally work towards like addressing those insecurities or dislikes kind of just have like naturally found your way a little bit and Mm. like yeah maybe some of those things are still there and obviously in a moment I'll ask you what your current ones are oh god I hadn't thought about that it's kind of nice that you've like I don't know I guess that two years on you can like sit and reflect and actually be like yeah like I don't necessarily agree with these things anymore like they don't feel true anymore which is quite nice to like actually see progress yeah definitely I would agree with that I hadn't thought about having to think about them currently, so I'm going to deflect from okay, it and tell fine. you yours. Okay. I think one of the ones you said earlier in the episode was that you felt a little bit like... Well, I think you said it... Yeah, you came back to it here. So you said, like, I, for some reason this feels... I I don't like telling you your own insecurities. It feels quite like... <laughs> you I, are secure about these insecure <laughs> about these things. It's weird. Um, it just feels like I'm insulting you in some way. Anyway, you said... <laughs> That you felt like you were lacking, like, an overarching theme mm-hmm. in your practice. And it was, like, slash, it was, like, kind of making you feel quite unstable. Mm. And then we spent a lot of time talking about how unstable it is to be in the arts. Nice. And I enjoyed that our current exhibition is called The Unsteady Now. But... Oh, that's quite a nice <laughs> little reflection. Um, but, yes. How would you say you feel about that? Lack of overarching 
Mm. I think it's better mm-hmm. because like I that's something that I actually do remember. Like I remember that feeling of being like I just don't know what like I don't have my thing yet, and I like so desperately wanted my thing, mm. and I don't really feel like I've one hundred percent got it. But I also am a lot more comfortable with where I'm at now. Like I don't necessarily. I feel like I have a bit more of a foundation now to sort of fall back on. Like, maybe I'll kind of branch out into other things, but, like, I know I have this thing that I found, which, like, even just on a very basic level, like, natural history as, like, a definition, which I absolutely could be butchering this, but I think, like, the definition of natural history is something like um, the, like, study and documentation of the living and natural world. Mm-hmm. But it's, like to do with like its understanding and like its history and its present and it's like quite it's just a really nice phrase and like even that I sort of feel like does a really good job of being like yeah like that's my foundation a little bit yeah it's like yeah maybe I am still a little bit worried about that but also I feel so much better about that now than I did back then like I, I do feel like I have my thing a little bit more I think that's it once you have like a base then you can kind of like tentatively like sample different yeah. areas and subjects off that and then be like, oh, I like this one. And then mm. like go that way a little bit. Yeah. And then if you don't like it, you can kind of like come back to your little base. And like, even if you do go off on a tangent, you'll probably find it loops back around to like the key, the thing that you came from yeah. in the first place. Like it is a, it's good to have somewhere to like start and yeah. to like, yes, gather yourself around. Yeah, because I think when you don't have that, like, you can very much still sample the little things that you're potentially interested in, but the difference is you have nowhere to backtrack to. Like, yeah. you're just kind of sampling. And if you're just sampling things that actually don't really fit, it's quite overwhelming. Mm. Whereas, yeah, if you've got that grounding, you can kind of sample and be like, yes, I'll collect you. I'll <laughs> add you to my little raft that I'm building. <laughs> yeah. Whereas, yeah, if you don't have that raft in the first place, it's like, okay, I guess I'll just sink. You're another, That's fine. You're another stick on the ocean. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> I really like that analogy. I am a stick on an ocean. <laughs> You're just kind of like swimming surrounded by sticks rather than on a raft of sticks. I like this. <laughs> this is uh, this is good. This is how I feel sometimes. <laughs> good. Me too. Um, interesting. Okay. And the feeling unstable bit of it, would you say that's also in, in the same ballpark? Kind of slightly resolved, but slightly open-ended still. Yeah, I think yeah, so. Like, I, I feel a bit... Yeah, I think I'm probably feeling a lot more stable, actually. But hmm, yeah, good. actually, maybe this feeling unstable thing has kind of subsided quite a lot, I mm. think. Um, is that within your practice or is that like generally? Because I think maybe we're having a slight spiral about how generally like in the arts, it's hard to feel stable job wise, etc. I'd say this is specific to my practice. Like, okay. I think feeling unstable more generally and kind of in the arts is still quite there for me. Okay. Yeah. I think potentially because like I'm not as I've I've never been that convinced that I really want to like well actually I've always I don't want to be a fine artist even mm-hmm. though I have a degree in fine art but also I've never quite figured out like what I want to do in the arts I just know I want to be in the creative industry so like I wouldn't really say that's resolved itself but okay. also I'm kind of slightly more at peace with that at the moment mm-hmm. I don't know if maybe because like obviously I've got my couple of jobs at the Tate and like I really love those and mm. like I kind of am quite content with like moving away from like I'm not ever going to like ditch my practice but like I'm, I like the idea of moving away from my practice into a creative job that isn't my practice like right. yeah yeah that's sort of how that, that feels no oh, that's nice yeah nice cool 
well, I, again, I feel mean being like, well, that's fun sorted. Let me tell you something else that you don't like about yourself. <laughs> I mean, I guess these two, these were said separately, but I think can be put together. Okay. You immediately started with tendency to overthink. We yeah, both, fair enough. We both basically started with that. And then you also said perfectionism. How are you feeling about this? I'm saying feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like those are still, still very prominent. Still very much there. I think interestingly though, like the perfectionism side of things, I think I've maybe like come to terms with the fact that actually it's less about my practice and more about my personality. Mm-hmm. Like I think my perfectionism is actually like a very large part of who I am. Like current, I'm not saying that like, I think I probably was born this way to an extent, but like, I think I've sort of been able to almost like accept that a little bit more that like, actually this isn't, I don't need to be really critical of myself and be like, oh my God, I'm such a perfectionist when it comes to art. Like, why can't I fix that? I think actually I've started to accept that like, that's genuinely a very large part of who I am. And like, if I want that to change, I need to do wider work on other things it's not necessarily my art practice that is the problem there Mm -hmm. and like actually that's kind of been okay because like I have been trying like obviously I've spoken about it on a few recent episodes like particularly the new year's resolution one where I was saying that um you know I wanted to like read more books and I wanted to listen to more music but I found that setting restrictions on that flared up that perfectionist in me and it meant that Um, as soon as I couldn't meet those restrictions I just gave up so I think things like that, I'm trying to be a bit mindful of it. And I hope that just like by being mindful of those things, I then almost like slowly start to correct behaviours that I'm just not that pleased about. Mm-hmm. So then over time, I'm hoping that like my perfectionist tendencies will just like calm down a little bit. Mm. And actually, it was quite nice doing the power room sessions that I attended, where obviously I focused a lot on my perfectionism. But it was kind of just nice seeing, not seeing, but like having someone else be like, yeah, actually you know, these tendencies you have are genuinely very good as well. Like, it was just kind of quite validating to be like, yeah, like, I know I really battle with this perfectionist side of myself, but actually it means I'm so detail-orientated. I'll never do anything than my best work. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm reliable. Like, it was nice to kind of be like, actually, yeah, like, a lot of the good things I like about myself and my practice come from my perfectionism. Mm. So I think it's still something that I'm quite aware of, but I've maybe, like, just accepted it a little bit more and like trying to back off a little bit and be like okay yeah like it's not great but also I'm trying to like correct things and it will happen with time so yeah yeah like not being a perfectionist about your perfection is yeah I think that's it I like that thank you thank you I just bowed for the, for the listener, I, realized I, for the listener I just bowed I did not translate yeah nice um your last one was you felt you had an inconsistent style or you lacked Ah, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. Because I don't think that's something we've spoken about. I think we spoke about it in that episode. Mm. And then we briefly maybe spoke about it with Lily. Yeah, I think we did, actually. But other than that, I don't know that we've ever... Haven't really revisited come back it. to that. No. So now's the time. Now's the time. Because I think a s- style is something that we don't really speak about in fine art. Like, they don't talk about it on the course. No. And then even... And you'd think that they would in, like, illustration. But then Lily said... They don't like the word style. But what was it like visual language or something? Yeah. Something but, I like mean, that. kind of similar idea. Yeah. So like, yeah, is it something that you still think about or have you kind of moved away from? Not as much. And I think it's because I sort of feel like I found my style a bit. Ooh, nice. Okay. And I think it was actually it was someone someone else said it to me and like 
at the time I sort of was like I think I was having like a bit of a woe is me kind of uh, <laughs> kind of situation style. yeah yeah um and I just felt quite like stuck with my work and I was like oh so yeah I spoke to someone about my work and like this person kind of is creative but like not in the tradition like they don't do art or anything and they basically said they were like oh like if I went into a room and your work was in a room filled with loads of other people's work they were like you know I could pick your work out right and I was like well no like how could you pick it out and they were (laughs) like well what makes your work yours and like they kind of said that like you know it's so like crisp the detail and like good word you've got like the colours you use, like, yeah, it's not the same colour palette, but it's all, like, quite vibrant and flat. It's so interesting you say that, because when we went into the exhibition this weekend, we walked in and my parents immediately immediately pointed at yours and was like, tell us of this. Nice! <laughs> I so, like that. Yeah, Thank you, you are parents. Right. I do appreciate it. Yeah, you're um, completely right. But, yeah, and I think just hearing someone else, like, point out the things that were kind of slightly unique to my practice did make me realise that I was like, actually, yeah, like, not everyone paints the same way that I do or has the same like level of attention that I do and therefore that is my style and it kind of I don't know if it's maybe that thing of like when you've always been doing something you don't realize it's not necessarily like the default thing to do Mm -hmm. and yeah I think that was kind of a moment where I was like actually yeah like no one else no one else does it like me but like (laughs) there, there are things that I do in my practice that a lot of other people don't and therefore that makes my practice unique that's part of my style yeah and I think actually since then and particularly since I kind of found the whole natural history thing I think when you think of natural history it has quite strong like visual connotations of like the Victorians of like particular cabinets of like I always associate like dark wood and like a really nice Mm. green and Mm. that it's like a particular vibe that you can sort of build yeah um and interestingly me just saying that has actually made me think back to like when we did our degree show and I was saying that I work so much better when, like, once we had, like, almost, like, curated the show and, like, decided the kind of vibe of the show, that's when I made all the work to go in it. Mm. And I was so much more productive and I loved it. Whereas, like, making for, like, an unknown I found a lot harder. And I think it is that, like, curating of a style, that, like, curating of an image in my head and then working towards it. Mm-hmm. So I do maybe slightly wonder with the style thing. I wouldn't say I'm, like, necessarily 100% there, but also I've now kind of identified things. And even as simple as, like, Instagram and Facebook, obviously our account, Instagram and Facebook, Mm -hmm. um, but the fonts you use and, like, the colours you use and the way you Mm -hmm. present yourself and, like, the graphics you use, like, even those things, like, I've ended up going for, like, slightly more clean and simple but like a nice kind of slightly vintage font or like if Mm -hmm. I use colour anywhere I'll use green because that's like my favourite colour and Mm. I feel like I'm starting to like build a bit more of a stylistic identity which is just what I wanted so that feels not resolved but like I don't feel as like it doesn't consume my waking thoughts yeah there's been a lot of progress I'd say yeah yeah that is nice and it is all very true I think everyone kind of has an intrinsic style like I don't know how to describe it but like everyone just naturally puts their own spin on things like if you were to get like all of us to paint a lighthouse (laughs) you'd be able to tell who'd painted what yeah I think I think so and even if you felt like you'd done a you know a terrible painting or like it's not it wasn't a reflection of you at all like Mm. I don't know there's just I think 
yeah, everyone has their own sort of way of doing things. And then when you make art your kind of full-time thing, that only gets, like, exacerbated. It only gets, like, heightened. Um, so, like, even if you're not trying to, like, create a style, it will come through, Yeah, I think. I think so. And even... I know it sounds silly, but, like, even as simple as, like... Like, for example, the way you dress yourself. Like, yeah. I know that I, I really like a lot of, like, earthy tones. And, like, here I am talking about how my practice is all, like, natural and earthy. And, like, yeah, like I said, my favourite colour is green. Therefore, what I'm using on my social medias, I'm using green. And, like, even simple things like that, I think, actually play a bigger part than maybe I thought they would. Yeah. I guess that's the thing as well, isn't it? When you're creative, it will find its way into every... Or, like, many aspects of your life. So, like, the way you dress yourself is one form of, like, creative self-expression. So, mm. like, it's only natural that it might come through that. Or maybe, I mean, it doesn't have to be, but the music you listen to, the books you read. Like, yeah, it might pop its head up in different yeah. places. Like how you decorate your room. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, literally anything. Yeah. But, yeah. Nice. Well, those were in, uh, insecurities two years ago. Nice. Do you have any you'd like <laughs> to share now? I asked you this first. <laughs> Would you like me to go first, sir? Yes. Okay. Because I need time to think. Okay. Um, so, what I would say... It's annoying because, like, having been like, yep, tick, 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 I've resolved all my insecurities that I listed. Mm. I think some of them are still... So, for example, one I would say is, like, it's not the lack of research or knowledge, but, like, I feel like I sometimes lack a bit of, like... I feel like I kind of... I'm still just, like, circling the same topics. Mm-hmm. And I sometimes... But I say sometimes I think I could do more of like honing in and like being specific and like I don't know quite how I think maybe this is something that I've come up against recently where I've struggled with like the decision making part Mm. of like yeah it's all well and good me making these kind of like nebulous kind of like arrangements of or like iterations of like the same kind of work Mm. but then actually curating it and putting it on a wall the reason I found that difficult is I actually I don't I don't know what's informing my decision making mm-hmm. like I'm not like okay right I'm trying to make a point about this so that says that point so I'm gonna put that up yeah, like I'm I just see. kind of like oh I mean do those look good together or like I don't know I'm trying I'm trying <laughs> like I'm trying to think critically about it like with the Newland cabinet I was like thinking about like what does this cluster do mm-hmm. but even then I I think sometimes I lack a bit of a I don't know just just a little a bit of something something <laughs> like, oh, I wish I had a picture of that <laughs> just kind of like pushes it over the line i don't know i think there's something i think i need to work on yeah the stage after the making where mm-hmm. you think about it and you refine it a little bit okay maybe and i think another i don't yeah another insecurity or something more broadly i need to get better at is like i don't quite know to describe this like not relying on external validation of like like at the moment there's that thing of like like i can really feel it like we've just put an exhibition up mm. and then immediately like, you know, you're like, go, 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 quick, make the work, make the work. And, like, although it's stressful, like, it's really nice to have that, like, purpose. And, like, yeah. re- like you were saying earlier, like, when you know what the show's looking like, you're like, okay, now I'm going to make the work to go at the show. Mm. And I've, I actually found it a little bit, like, I didn't I didn't really enjoy making the work, but I I liked having that sort of driving force. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm excited for when this is over to then want to make more of this work that I've started without the pressure of it. But actually, I can already feel that now the show is up. Like, it's already leaving me the the drive yeah. to make work. And it's like trying to bear with myself and be like, oh, maybe you're tired. But also, I just don't want to rely on external, that external driving yeah. force. And like, 
and the external validation. Like, I don't want to only feel good about my work when it's up on a wall and people are like, wow, that looks great. Like, yeah. I want to be able to make something and be like, well done, Anna, that's really good. Yeah. Like, you've made some good work there. Like, I, I don't, even though it's great to have had some exhibitions, I can feel that I have this fear of like, that's going to be it now. No, Nothing is ever going to happen again. Yeah. And I don't like that. I don't like that that's a fear. I mean, I, whether or not that will come true, I, that's by the by. But like, I think... It's almost like going to be self-fulfilling. Like, if you believe that that's the last thing you're going to do, <laughs> it may well be the last thing you do. But, like, I don't want that. So I don't know if that's quite an insecurity, but I guess something I want to work on. Yeah. That's what I'd say about my current headspace. I think these are both very understandable things. And I think mine are actually, like, very, if not the same, <laughs> slash similar. Yeah. But, yeah, like, maybe in, like, slightly different format sort of thing. Yeah, like, I think I think when you were talking about the what was it, depth of knowledge you have, I think that's definitely something that I can feel, but not quite in the same way. Like, I may be not as focused on having that, like, knowledge, but more that I'm just so aware that I kind of just constantly feel like I'm bullshitting, you know? <laughs> like, I just kind of... So, like, the work I have in The Unsteady Now at the moment, mm. I really like it. I really enjoy them. I'm not saying I don't like them and I'm not pleased with them, but also... I made them like six months ago. I just kind of sat and did some drawing. Like there is nothing else to that. There's nothing behind that. There's no like concept or reading or research that I did. I just sat, I did some drawing and now it's in an exhibition, mm. which like I think fine art just kind of instills in you that that's not really okay, that there mm. needs to be something behind it. And I think maybe because obviously like I've spoken about, I don't really do much reading. So like I don't have any like, books that I've read that I'm like oh so maybe this doesn't like necessarily inform my work right now but at least I have the knowledge of this thing to like pull on if I ever need to Mm. but instead I find that like I'll kind of have a few ideas and then I'll do almost like the research to fit those ideas rather than like having the research drive me forwards it's almost like happening backwards Mm. and I think I don't like that because I know that if I were to like consume more media whether it be books or podcasts or ted talks or like i don't know even like read more artist statements from people something like the more i did that and the more information i consumed something would happen like it would give me ideas it would like trigger new interests it would like propel my practice forwards yeah but like i constantly seem to be in a state of like being stagnant with it And I think that's something I don't like, but also that's something that I'm trying to address anyway with the whole, like, I want to do more reading. Like, yeah, I want to read more for myself, but also I do... Reading more for my practice is also reading more for myself because I've just said that it's a quality I don't like. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think I know I'd feel better if I were doing more reading, just as, like, an example. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that's, that's probably one for me is, like... Not necessarily the depth of knowledge I have, but more... I'm not quite sure what it is. Like, maybe more of, like, the fact that I don't actively seek that knowledge. I kind of just, like, sit on my (laughs) arse. I think researching and everything that falls into that is one of the hardest things to do. Mm. Or... And to, like... It's one of the hardest things to make space and time to do. Because we live in a busy world where everyone is just always busy. And the way you get things done is by being like, I need to get this tangible thing done yeah. and I will do this. You know, I'm trying to think of an example, like, I need to get paid, so I'm going to 
fill in my timesheets and send them off and uh-huh. then I will get paid. Yeah. And that's not a great example, but... No, but, like, it's a task a tangible and thing, and then it. you tick it off. Whereas, yeah. like... And even with art, you're like, okay, I've got an exhibition, I need to make some work, I'm going to do three drawings and put them in the exhibition. Like, yeah. that's still quite tangible. Whereas, like, research is just so open-ended because you can't be like, I want to learn one thing because it's hard to quantify that. Or you can't mm. be like, I want to know how this happens because, I don't know, like, inevitably the path of research is quite messy and you'll, like, start reading about one thing and then... Yeah. When it's at its most productive, you'll kind of follow it off on all its little tangents. And that's so hard to make time for because it just doesn't feel productive. Yeah. I don't think. I think, actually, that's a really... That kind of says it more succinctly, is that I don't feel like my attention span can almost, like, hold it. Mm. So my way of researching is... I love Wikipedia. <laughs> Anyone who slags off Wikipedia is a horrible person. Wikipedia <laughs> is amazing. And I love, like, my way of doing it is I'll usually, like, open up a Wikipedia page on the thing that I found interesting. So, like, my most recent one, I think I opened up the page on, um, oh, what are they called? <laughs> um, <laughs> the expression. Um, describe them to me. Oh, I think it was the Wikipedia page on Lazarus animals. Because cool. I was looking at like extinction and like Lazarus animals are ones that people thought were extinct and then they just popped up randomly one day fully alive and people were like, oh, you're not dead. That's cool. <laughs> Hello again. And yeah, then that led into like uh, living fossils, which is like another type of genre, um, if you were, of like living things that have had weird things happen to them and <laughs> it like spirals off. And like that I really like. And I think it's because Wikipedia is so good at like, saying things quite to the it's just there to provide you with information Mm. and i like it it's blunt it's to the point like it's just all there on one page you can then you know because obviously it does hyperlinks on words yeah you can just go from one thing to the next in the order you want it Mm. whereas like reading a book on i don't know like uh thing theory yeah like if i wanted to learn more about thing theory the correct way to do that would to be to read the book on thing theory but like it's like my attention span just can't do that like mm. my brain can't hold that whereas if i go on wikipedia it's great because it's all there and it's really blunt i could just read it in one go yeah i know what you mean so yeah i think i'd like to spend more time not just using wikipedia for my research <laughs> yeah yeah i know what you mean it's a tricky one that i just it's really hard to build into your days i think yeah. is what it comes down to yeah but yeah i'm trying to think if i've got any other insecurities or things i don't like oh yeah i guess maybe that's like one thing that i'm maybe not insecure dislike but maybe just something i'm aware of that makes me a bit uncomfortable is like i think because i i love having a practice but i don't always feel very committed to that practice Mm. and i think it worries me that like i'll just sort of stop you know Mm. like i don't think i'll never stop doing art but, like, the current practice that I have, which is, like, informed by concept, and I think because I just find it quite challenging and I wouldn't necessarily say it's something... Like, sometimes I love it, and other times I just... I find it's, like, quite... It just makes me feel quite bad about myself, like, when it's not going right or something. Mm. I just, Like, you, I think similar to what you said, I don't want to, like, fall into that thing of, like, oh, well, I've got no exhibitions on the horizon, and no thoughts in my brain and <laughs> no interests and none of this so i'm just never gonna do it again yeah. like i don't think it will happen but also i think i'm aware that i'm someone who maybe needs a 
needs to push myself sometimes and be like, no, actually, come on, go to your studio, sit down, do a bit of work. You will you will thank yourself later. Yeah. So, yeah, I think maybe that's something I'm a bit aware of. Yeah. But yeah, I think that, yeah, like you said, very much feels the same as my worry. It <laughs> can just like drift off into oblivion. But yeah, it'll be fine. We've got the podcast. We've got each other. We'll all exactly. hold each other accountable. Exactly. And actually, I'm quite excited because obviously when we graduated, we went straight on to Cultivator. Now Cultivator has kind of ended. Yeah. I'm genuinely quite excited to see like how we like figure out our new way of being artists. Yeah. Because I think this is the first time that we're not really going to have an external, like you said, an external kind of pressure pushing us. Yeah. So. It should be fun. I think it's going to be worrying. We've got to make it fun. But also that like you said, we've got the podcast We've got, got each, each other. We've got each other. <laughs> we also have like the other network that we've we made. Do, we we've do got other, other friends who do art. Like, yeah. actually, for us to stop doing art would be quite a feat. That's a very good point. Yeah, it would be really hard it's to so do. It's so easy to just think like, oh, I could just stop and let no one would bat an eyelid. Yeah, and yet actually, I think many people would be batting many eyelids. <laughs> batting many eyelids. <laughs> them and then many eyelids. <laughs> But yeah, I'm excited to see where the next two years leads us. That would be amazing if we're still doing the podcast in two years' time. Yeah, we'll see, won't we? We'll find out. Join us in a year time for our three-year anniversary. I'm just thinking, how old I'll be? Oh yeah, let's not do that. I think, let's not think about that. I think maybe we should now stop. Yes, before we and start the thinking episode, about... <laughs> not the podcast. Let's end the podcast. Okay, well it's been a good two years. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to us ramble on for two years two years oh i don't know if we mentioned but it's been two years it has been two years two years did you hear that and let this be a a lesson to you all i don't know i've I've really taken this parent thing seriously that you can achieve your goals and we didn't set goals you can lessen your insecurities you can and actually a lot of the time it will happen without you even knowing it (laughs) don't even have to try exactly what a good life lesson Indeed. Oh, well, here's to another two years of podcasts. Chin chin. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye.